0: Exclusion, not inclusion. It's Bill King. It is is Friday slot. Always a pleasure. We'll talk Alabama, Georgia. Kevin, if I would have told you the Saturday of the USF game, this Alabama team, would be playing in early December for a shot at the playoffs, what would you have said?
1: Oh, after the game, I'd have laughed, Bill. I'd have (laughs) said, uh, hope hope you're not driving later today. Um, (laughs) They seem like a million miles. Yeah, it's been an incredible uh, turn of events for this Alabama team, a lot of growth, a lot of growth from Jalen Milrow. Um, I mean, I'm really looking forward to this game. This is a game that really we should all just – Just be thankful that we have the opportunity to see what we're going to watch tomorrow. This is excellence on the college football team. This is clearly the two best teams in the Southeastern Conference with a chance to play for the title, a chance to go to the playoffs. It's two of the elite coaches in college football. Um, I mean, obviously, I really, really want Alabama to win for for a number of reasons, Bill. But I think we all just need to kind of step back. And uh, it's not very often you get to enjoy games like this.
0: What's the key for Alabama?
1: All right. I'll give you keys on both sides of the ball. We'll start on the offense. Uh, it's going to be really helpful if Caden Proctor can hold his own against Mikael Williams, and Alabama doesn't have to give him help over there. Proctor has played much better of late. Um, if Georgia is able to negate uh, Jermaine Burton and Amari Nyblack with Kamari Lassiter and Malachi Starks, um, I think all all the Auburn listeners would agree that Isaiah Bond is capable of stepping up tomorrow. Uh, but people like Kobe Prentice are, are going to have to step up in, in their place. Uh, I do think Alabama, I think both teams are going to put points on the board, Bill. I don't think this is going to be a defensive struggle. struggle. And I don't think Alabama is going to let Georgia just sit back there in that cover, too. I'm anxious to see how Tommy Reese might get Kendrick Wall involved in some creative ways tomorrow to get him the ball. Uh, no Jason McQuellen. The ankle's just not going to let him go go, but I'm okay with Roydale Williams and Jam Miller uh, carrying the load at the running back position tomorrow. I'm I'm very curious to see if uh, Tommy Reese will try to pick on uh, Georgia quarterback uh, Daylon Everett, and I look for him to try to get uh, linebacker C.J. Allen isolated in coverage like Georgia Tech did. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell are going to have to put some pressure on Carson Beck. That's easier said than done. Georgia has a phenomenal, deep offensive line. Um, concerns for Alabama on defense, there are a couple. Number one, clearly the linebacker position is blatantly obvious. The Deontay Lawson's ankle is nowhere near 100%. It was very obvious in the Auburn game, and I don't look uh, for there to be a lot of improvement there. Tresmond Marshall, the transfer, ironically, from the University of Georgia, had an absolutely horrible game that I'm sure he'd like to forget in Auburn. Um, so number 30, Jahid Campbell, the freshman, is really going to have to step up tomorrow. I mean, let's be honest. There were a lot of bad reads by the Alabama linebackers and a lot of bad run fits against Auburn. That's got to get cleaned up. Um, if I was Mike Bobo, I would pick on Jalen Key all day long, Bill. But, I mean, it's better than having Christian Story out there. But to me, the weak link in the secondary is clearly Jalen Key. Um, You worry about that. Um, it's going to be a chess match, Bill. It's going to be like 1972, Boris Spassky and Bobby Fischer. You know, they said that that game six of that from Bobby Fischer was probably the greatest chess game ever played by an individual. And, you know, we don't talk a lot of chess on the Bill King Show, but let's be honest: Nick Saban, Kirby Smart—that's that, two chess masters going at each other. Tommy Rees and going against Glenn Schumann and and Will Muschamp, and then you're going to have Kevin Steele and Travers Robinson going up against Mike Bubba. I mean, this is just this is a week football everywhere you. Look, Bill, however you break down the numbers, however you break down the position matchups, this is just elite on elite. But if you really boil the game down to me, it's going to be two major things, okay? And I think the outcome of this game depends on, on of all players, it depends on Jalen Milrow more than anybody, and I'm going to give you two reasons why. Jalen Milrow has to rush, in my opinion, for over a hundred yards tomorrow for Alabama to win the football game. It's imperative, Bill, that Jalen Milrow plays decisively like he did against LSU. He's not gonna be able to stand back in the pocket like he likes to do and wait for plays to develop downfield. We're not we're not playing Kentucky tomorrow. OK, there's going to be nothing developing downfield. If you stand back there and wait for something to happen, you're going to be picking your butt up off the field all day long. The Georgia defense is not going to allow you to do that. But if Jalen Milrow is willing to use his legs and be decisive, like he was in the LSU game, that's the key for the Alabama victory. He poses a significant problem for this Georgia defense. The thing that concerns me the most about Georgia, and please understand, I'm not taking anything away from Brock Bowers, who I think is the most dynamic player in all of this college football. It's obvious Brock Bowers isn't going to be healthy, but let's be honest, 75% of Brock Bowers is like Superman better than anybody else. I'm not taking anything away from Carson Beck, but he's a talented quarterback. He has come a long way as this season goes. He's a, he's a great quarterback. But the guy that I think could be the difference in this game on the Georgia side, and it concerns me that he's going to get it going, and he's been playing great lately, Bill, is Kendall Milton. I think Kendall Milton is incredibly dangerous for Alabama, and Alabama is going to have to control the Georgia running game, and specifically Kendall Milton. I think if at 9 o'clock – Saturday night, you know, when I turn on my Montana Grizz playoff game, if we're talking about a Georgia victory, Bill, in my personal opinion, Georgia fans will be talking about the fact that Kendall Milton had a huge game carrying the ball. The bottom line, Bill, is I think the team that has the most success running the ball Saturday wins the football game, and I'll tell you, Bill, I believe whoever wins that football game tomorrow afternoon will win the national championship beating the Oregon Ducks.
0: And you think this game's going to be pointy now. How do you find that? High 20s? I think we'll be in the 30s. Wow. I do. Wow.
1: Georgia, I mean, I, I'm not insulting Georgia at all here. I mean, they, they, these are two elite yeah. programs. This is not the Georgia defense that it was last year. Okay, if this was the Georgia defense we had last year, I would be telling you this is going to be a prayer and a miracle for Alabama. This is not the Georgia defense they had last year, but it's still an elite defense. This is not one of the greatest defenses Alabama's had, okay so I think it's going to be a pointsy game. I think we'll see teams score you know in special teams or whatever i I don't think it's it's going to be ten seven or seventeen twenty one I will be very surprised if both teams aren't in the, it might start slow, but by the time we're in the you know third and fourth quarter bill, I think both teams will be in the thirties.
0: You and I go back to the seventies in Bear Bryant. Where would fourth and thirty one rank an all time Alabama one play lore?
1: Yeah, I had a lot of people contact me after that game. A couple people said it's just the greatest play in the history of Alabama football. And, and look, I'm not, I don't, I'm not rubbing salt in Georgia wounds. Look, nothing can ever replace second and 26 because that play was a national championship. Play, right. right, right. Okay. For me, number two, because my first season in Alabama fan, I'm sorry, a Bob. Uh, stopping Penn State at the goal line on fourth and one for me will always be the second biggest play. I know it wasn't the end of the game, but to be there again, that was a national championship. Um, I hate to, you know, be in the moment or whatever, but this is certainly a top five play. And Bill, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you the phrase for this game. And I wish this was from my mind, but it comes from a very dear friend. But I'm going to steal his phrase. It was the triumph. Of an undisciplined mind, Bill. That's the beauty of Jalen Milrow. I don't think he completely understood the magnitude of the moment, and it didn't get to him. But I also
0: think that's going to be a blessing for him on Saturday, Bill.
1: It was the it was the triumph of an undisciplined
0: mind. But you would so you would have that in the top five. I think so I, I, at this moment. But I mean that's you know I, I'm living in
1: the moment. And I hate to do that. I hate when we take modern history and we punt. You know uh, you know. Three decades down the road, I don't like that. But it was a, I mean, it was a significant, significant play. Not only because it was the rival, I mean, it was you know Milrow stepping up in the big moment. Um, but but then again, I can't, I won't tell you that it's the biggest play in the series because the biggest play in the series for me was the kick in 1985. Okay, the 52 yard field goal by Van Tiffin to me is will always be the biggest play in the history of the Iron Bowl.
0: And you've got number two, Barry Krause, Mike Gooman, goal line stand.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was my first year as a Bama fan. To me, that's a moment I'll just
0: never forget. I I don't even like to watch the replay of that, Bill, because at some point Penn State's going to punch it in, right? (laughs) That's right. Oh, no, that was a very historic moment. Jeff, too, has a question. Ask Kevin. What does he think Sabin will do to prevent Alabama from getting hypnotized by any lead they may get on Georgia? He says it seems like Georgia gets down in game seven, nothing, ten nothing, but you look up and they're up thirty-one to ten in the third quarter. Oh, that's a
1: great question. Of course, i was well, also assuming that Alabama's going to come out of the gate because we've had tendencies to come out in the first quarter and kind of sleepwalk. We've been better at that. Um, I'll answer that question by saying I think it's a situation that will take care of itself. I don't think we'll see a lot of sleepwalking from either team. I think both teams understand the magnitude of the moment. They understand what they're up against on the other side of the field. And I think we'll see both teams dialed in, ready to go from the first moment. I understand Brock Bowers has had a great week in practice. What else would you – I mean, excuse me, Carson Beck's had a great week. What else would you expect? I'm hearing really great things out of the Alabama camp. Um, so I, I look for both teams to be dialed in from the get go.
0: Let's repeat a question that I've posed to you seven thousand times. What's mm-hmm. Alabama gonna pursue in the portal? Honestly,
1: I honestly have not spent two seconds on that, Bill. I'll I promise I'll give you a better answer to that question next week. I have been I have put all of my energies into Saturday in Georgia, so I apologize. Um uh, if you give me one position, I think very quickly I will be very, very shocked if Alabama's uh, not looking for a running back in the portal.
0: Well, and that's not a problem, right? I mean, no, those guys that's, that's, that's,
1: not, that's not. That's not a problem. I, I think our top back, and I would. Well, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. Um, th- there's, there's, yeah, there's some positions, but I, there's. I'm going to get myself in trouble, Bill. I'm almost saying we're fishing, but uh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> I promise we'll get into that next week. Okay.
0: Well, and and frankly, the last two months, the quarterback theory—I would have said you got to go into the portal. I don't think you do now.
1: No, but I mean, I can tell you. I mean, we hear from NFL scouts all the time that we would be blowing people out if we had a, a better quarterback. We, Bill, we have wide receivers. in the LSU game. Bill, we had wide receivers running open all night long. I mean, I'm not picking on Jalen Milrow. You know. Uh, it's incredible the the improvement that he's had uh, as the season's gone along. But I mean, it is it's not like you know Tom Brady standing back there, quarterback for Alabama. Um, so, but no, um, there was a point where yeah, we were going to go in the portal and try to correct that situation. That's no, that's no longer the case. And oh, by the way, you know we have an elite elite quarterback already on the roster and Dylan Londrigan and we have a a pretty fair quarterback coming in from California next year as a true freshman, so we'll be okay at the quarterback position.
0: You and I think it's okay to mention this now. Two months ago talked about Riley Leonard, Mobile, Alabama kid. Yeah. Is it your understanding that all this reporting about him going to Notre Dame is accurate?
1: Yeah, there was a time where he was very aggressively being pursued by Alabama, and there was a time where – uh, they were they were uh, kind of uh, setting the date, if you would please, for the announcement. But that has uh, that has since passed.
0: Everything has cleared up nicely.
1: Yeah, it's kind of taking care of itself, Bill.
0: Do you anticipate the individuals in that quarterback room to look a little different here in a couple of weeks?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um I, I think I think there's at least one individual for sure that's leaving and possibly a second individual that will. Um I will Caution, Alabama fans, don't drive off the road. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that we do not have to worry about Dylan Londergan leaving the program, and that's, uh, that's the one I do not want to leave the program. But uh, no worries on Dylan Londergan So you can kind of, you can kind of fill on the, if you have the Alabama depth chart, you can kind of fill in the blanks on the two quarterbacks that I wouldn't be surprised to leave the program. And one of them, I'm a huge, huge fan of because uh, he's from right there in the state of Tennessee.
0: Your grade on Tommy Reese now that we have twelve games of data. <laughs> Tommy Reese, um,
1: his report card with me has been written in pencil because his letter grade has drifted from low A to F throughout the season. Right. Um, I think he's grown. Um, I think Coach Saban has gained more confidence in Tommy Rees as the season's gone on. Um, he has done a wonderful job of working with Jalen Milrow and trying to convince Jalen Monroe that you have to use your legs, that your your arm is not your greatest strength. Um, I feel good about Tommy Reese going into tomorrow. I'll put it that way. Um, there, obviously, there's always room for improvement or whatever, but I feel very, very confident that Tommy Reese will have a good game plan for tomorrow, and I feel confident that Tommy Reese will call a good game tomorrow. Both teams. I mean, Nick Saban and Kirby Smart know each other, okay, like you know the inside of the book, right? But I expect both teams to have a few wrinkles for each
0: other, and I know for a fact Tommy Reese is going to have a couple of wrinkles tomorrow. Do you have a favorite in tonight's Oregon-Washington game? Oh, I'd be shocked if
1: Oregon doesn't win. I think Oregon's the better team. They played in Seattle
0: the first time on a neutral field, Bill.
1: Um, Oregon's an SEC team that's playing out in the communist northwest. Uh, I will be, as, as I said earlier, Bill, I think the winner of the SEC championship game will play the – unless they have to play them in the first round, um, I think they'll play Oregon for the national championship. I think Oregon's for real. They're an SEC team. Yeah, Dan Lanning. Year two, and that's who it. that would be my vote for the Heisman Trophy. Who, the one I would the vote for Nick's. Yeah. If they won't let me vote for Dylan Londrigan, Bill, uh, based on one game, um, <laughs> I would vote for. I would vote. He would be.
0: He would get my vote for the Heisman Trophy based on one game in fourth quarter play. Right. <laughs> Absolutely, but it was Tennessee Chattanooga because. But let's be honest. I mean. But
1: but honestly, I would give it to Brock Bowers because I've said for two years, I've told Georgia dog for two years, I thought Brock Bowers is the best player in college football, and I, I love that. I, I mean, I love watching that young man play. And Bill, I don't know, I don't care where he goes in the NFL, I'm going to buy his jersey because I'm going to love seeing him not wear a Georgia Bulldog jersey. But if you, if I was a general man, if I was creating a team, and you said you could start with somebody, anybody in college football, my first phone call is to Brock Bowers. I don't mm-hmm. think that guy is human. He's an amazing footballer.
0: Kevin, all good stuff, sir. Big game tomorrow. We'll all be watching. See you next week.
1: Well, we got one more secret weapon for Bama, Bill. Tomorrow's my 57th birthday, Bill, and they're not going to let me down on my big
0: day, right? Okay, I got
1: you. Kevin, I appreciate it. Just enjoy the moment, everybody. Just enjoy the excellence of the all. Get to watch tomorrow. Roll Tide and go Grizz. There you have it.